Hey, Edith. Hey, Christy. What's the best part about gardening? I don't know. Getting down and dirty with your hose. Oh, <laughs> you know, there's no joke like a hoe joke. Oh, and they are. There's a plethora of hoe jokes. Have you noticed? Hi, I'm Christy, and I'm Edith. We're backyard gardeners from Colorado. And neighbors. And friends. These days, gardening has gotten very popular. And we've noticed more and more people picking our brains for tips and troubleshooting about gardening. We're not experts. We just learned a lot about gardening from the mistakes we made along the way. So welcome to Upside Down Tulips. A fun podcast that celebrates gardening gone wrong. Upside Down. Here we are, just hanging with our hose. <laughs> Hi, Christy. Hi, Edith. Just to clarify, I'm not your hoe. Oh, that's true, yes. Okay. Oh, my gosh, what were you thinking? I don't know. Oh, your mind is in the gutter. Oh, I see. Oh, I see what you're saying. You're putting it on me when actually I'm looking around and there are no hoe instruments in this room. I get it. That, that you can see. That I can see I how may I, have, I may have hidden hose. I de- you know you have not. How are you? <laughs> how are you, Christy? You know, Edith, so we record this on Thursday. It's and Thursday. it drops on Tuesday. Tuesday. In between, on Sunday, is National Weed Your Garden Day. Oh, good. It's only going to be in the 90s. Yay! <laughs> I'm excited to get out there and give an extra five to ten minutes of weeding. But mm-hmm. as we have said before, we love weeding. We do. We love it indeed. Um, may I remind you that it's still read in the bathroom month. Oh, I've been celebrating it. I mm. had a bookshelf put in my bathroom. Oh, nice. I'm reading Moby Dick. I'm reading War and Peace. <laughs> After Moby Dick, I'm going to read Les Miserables. Very good. This week also coming up, Edith, is... Fresh Veggie Day on June 16th. Okay, good. On June 17th is Eat Your Vegetables Day. This is all good because I think since the middle of May, I've had something from my garden every single day. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, it's the hundred, you know, lettuce that sowed itself. It's the hundred heads of lettuce. Yeah, you better get going on eating that lettuce. Oh, I am. Oh, trust me, I am. Uh, What are we talking about this week, Edith? Feeding and fertilizing. Wow, what a big topic. I did not know how big it was. I didn't either. Plant food, plant fertilizer. Christy, I feel kind of like an idiot, but I did not really know the difference before I did all this research. I learned so much this week. Me too. Very exciting. We're excited to share it with you. And we also have some new pod plays, our fun little commercials or plays that we do in between our segments. A brand new Antelope Tuomi, the Poet Laureate of Wyoming, is going to make another visit to us. You have to listen, folks. It's mandatory. (laughs) Hey, let's give a shout out to one of our members of the garden party. Okay. Who? This is to Chris K. Oh. Who is growing peas. Yeah. His peas are way bigger than my peas. You only have one pea. You just have the one pea. I Don't know. even put it plural on I it. I know. I, was, I should li- be clear about that. Listen, you're the pun master. Did you not get my joke that I'm reading war and peas? Oh, nice one. You didn't get it. Oh, I, I was so proud loser. of myself. You should be proud. That is good. In the bathroom. Totally. And I'm, I'm reading war and peas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. 
I expected you to laugh and you didn't do anything. That was terrible of me. Oh. Uh... Well, just so you know, folks, that Chris K, as a member of the Garden Party, he just throws us a couple bucks a month to help support the work that we do. And if you are interested in doing that, you can just go to our website or click on the show notes. And when you do that, you can get some fun rewards, like some of our merch, like a coffee cup or a T-shirt. You can get hand-curated seeds from our gardens. People all over the country now are getting our seeds. Isn't that cool? It's so cool. It's so cool. And we so appreciate it so, so very much. Okay, Edith. Yeah. How's your garden going? Uh, It's it's going good. I mean, it's going good. Okay, I've I've got a couple of flops. My radishes never did anything. Uh, You know how sometimes when you plant a seedling, and I started these myself, a couple of them are fantastic, and another one, same packet of seeds, same everything, goes straight to seed and it's two inches high that is annoying two inches high it's little teeny tiny cabbage yeah it just it just failed to thrive it's like it's Mm. still you know living in its parents basement and (laughs) (laughs) it's out of there (laughs) living there still have their high school uh trophies up (laughs) yes so anyway, everything posters. everything is good. Everything is good. Um, I've, I just go out every day. It's the time of year now in the 90s where watering is essential. I actually put shade over all of my lettuce today. Did you suggest, may I suggest putting a lawn chair over your lettuce? I don't have enough lawn chairs. A hundred heads of lettuce. <laughs> That's a lot. It would look yeah. like a political convention. <laughs> Just last month, we were complaining that it was snowing. I know, I know, I know. I wish it would come back to snow. Well, how is your garden? Well, I have a 4th of July tomato plant that not only is flowering, Edith. Yeah. It has baby tomatoes on it. Come on. That's great. And one thing I wanted to point out is that I was bragging about this with a friend of mine, and I was telling her my garden plan, which I talked about in our tomato encore episode, mm-hmm. that this year I'm not doing heirloom i'm doing strict hybrid so i can beat down a fungus and she said oh well isn't that interesting because is that is that when you do hybrid is that organic and so i thought it'd be a good time to mention again that hybrid plants are organic and they're not gmos no in fact Mm -hmm. you will rarely get a you can't even get a gmo seed so if you ever get a seed packet that says non-gmo and if they're charging a little bit more just ignore that. The yeah. only people that are doing GMOs are farmers. Yeah, who buy who buy seed by the many pounds or the ton or whatever it is they yeah. do. And mm-hmm. a, and a air and a hybrid seed is just a seed that has been um, gathered together from two plants where they took the best parts of each plant and put it together to help tamp down disease. It's not made in a lab. And if you want to know more about this, we've got that whole episode, right? It's, yep, it's called something. Old Something New, Something Bioengineered, mm-hmm. episode 19. And we also have that wonderful tomato episode, Plump Things with a Navel. Yes, episode. We just did a, a lovely little mm-hmm. encore of it, and that was just a couple weeks ago. How good is this that we are able to refer back because it's almost our year anniversary? Yeah, that is cool. Huh? How good That's is very that? Cool. Have you changed your mind about the drunken anniversary show? <laughs> Have you, Christy? Have you? Well, you know, it's interesting because when I think about what that would be like, uh-huh. would anybody want to really listen? It sounds, maybe it sounds more exotic. Huh. 
okay, I have an alternative. You don't want to do drunken. What? We have to do the whole thing in verse. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> Bring on the martinis. <laughs> there you go. I knew I could get you. So also what happened that's very interesting in my garden yeah. is that I was watering and I'm, you know, I have square foot garden, so I go to each little section, mm-hmm. and I went to one of the sections, and all of a sudden I looked at it, I'm watering it, and I go, hey, wait a minute, there's nothing there. There used to be something there. Uh-oh. My cauliflower. What happened to it? It's gone. No. Something, I think, bit it off. Like a cutworm, something that bites it off at the soil level I'm, and the whole thing just falls down? Well, no, because the whole thing was gone. It's just gone. And I could see maybe like... A quarter of an inch of the cauliflower left. Oh, that's just awful. Oh, darn it. I'm so sorry. I know. And I had such a beautiful cauliflower last year. But it's really not too late. I can try to go to the nursery and get some more. But this was a cauliflower I grew from seed. Oh, so sad. Uh, My roses have opened up outside. Mm -hmm. Good. And uh, we could talk more about this coming up. But I did feed them, which is important to do. And, oh, Edith, I've got... A confession to make to you. Okay. Well, you know how... How long has it been since your last confession? (laughs) (laughs) You know how um, you were so upset about your rosemary plant. Yes. And I was a little braggy, right? A little braggy. In your your Minnesota way, which is not terribly braggy. And I had two out there, right? Yeah, yeah. And there was one that still had green on it. And I thought it was going to be okay. And then another one that was really green. Well, the one that just had a little bit of green on it. Uh-oh. It, there is no green on it anymore. Where was it? Did you plant it in your garden? Yeah. And it just stopped. It just, it's done. Aww. So that rosemary is no more. Okay. That is a dead rosemary. I'm calling it, that rosemary plant has ceased to be. <laughs> you are literally experiencing slaughter in your garden. If it's not the cauliflower, it's the rosemary. Yeah. What the heck is going on out there, Christy? Yeah, really? It's very, it's very frightening. Um, and, uh, I think that jade plant that you gave me, I'm going to need, need to repot it. I don't know why. See, now you're getting braggy. Okay. Let's tell what, everybody. What? what because what mine is? is one tenth of the size of yours. I got, I, I got it for you. I got me one the same day and it's one tenth of the size of yours. Have you been feeding it? No. Aha. <laughs> well, maybe. Okay. Fertilizing. That'll... Have you been, I've not been fertilizing it or feeding it. I've not been doing anything. Is there a difference between feeding and fertilizing? Yes. <gasps> there is. Big difference. Oh my yeah. gosh, I can't wait till we come yeah. back and talk about this amazing topic. Yeah. Okay, folks. If you ever hear words or terms you're not familiar with or you want a good laugh, check out the Upside Down Dictionary on our website at UpsideDownTulips.com. We believe in teaching while making you laugh. That's the best way I learned. So that's why most of them are really funny, but it's all really good info. We wouldn't lead you astray. Or you can click on the link in our show notes where we have blog posts there too. And yes. while, you, while you're there, you can sign up for our newsletter for updates, jokes, and funny garden signs. You can also see pics of our gardens, inspirations, gardening jokes. Visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. And you can also go to our YouTube channel. Are you sure? I'm sure. <laughs> okay. I'm just there today. Okie dokie. YouTubing it. That will be $20.19, please. There you go. Thank you. Please take your seat. Excuse me? Your seat for the poetry reading. Uh, Oh, thank you, but I don't have time. It's mandatory. Mandatory? Yes. 
It's Antelope's Feed and Poetry, is it not? Yes, that's the name on the store, but I don't know. You have bought feed. Now you must listen to the poetry. Could I just not and say I did? You're going to make me cry. Is that what you want? No, no, oh my gosh, no. Don't cry. I'm just going to take my seat <laughs> right now. Look, look at me, I'm walking. Thank you. Well, I better call my husband. Hi, honey. I'm going to be a little late. I'm at a mandatory poetry reading. Did you know that was a thing? I didn't. Anyway, I don't know how long it'll be or how long it'll last or when it'll even Hello. start. Oh, okay, it started. It looks like the register person is also the poet. Okay, gotta go. But I'm going to record this for Upside Down Tulip's podcast. I am Antelope Tuome, the poet laureate of Wyoming. I had no idea Wyoming had a poet laureate. She certainly looks artistic. She's wearing a hat brim on her head. No hat, just a brim. I will now recite one of my original poems. The crowd is a little fidgety. None of us, it seems, expected we would be in the audience for a poetry reading. The name of my poem is Delia and Chad, A Romance at the Feed Store. Okay, I'm keeping an open mind. Delia walked into the Payless Feed Store strutting her stuff like her hips were keeping score. Her multitudinous breasts out of her bodice almost popping. She ran into Chad, who was fertilizer shopping. Chad felt like he'd been hit with a swiveling flamethrower. In the biblical sense, he knew he had to know her. He was tall, hairy-chested, and his eyes were lean, he looked into Delia's eyes, a sparkling snot green. Their fingers touched as they reached for the seeds, and they knew that each one had what the other one needs. Both held tight to the last packet of Swiss chard, and both found that letting go was very, very hard. Delia found Chad to be much like Prince Charming, even better, she thought, that he made his living farming. Cordelia had a garden and also raised chickens. Would Chad be her rooster? He was hotter than the Dickens. Their breath slow and heavy, their thighs postulating. The question at stake, shall they then be mating? It's a romance novel, so they have to for sure, for the hero's a farmer and the heroine not quite pure. They pledged undying love on a burlap bag of barley throbbing to the brigadic beat of the Whalers and Bob Marley. And the crowd goes wild. Why, Antelope Twomey is the people's poet. Sort of a Dylan Thomas meets Popeye's olive oil. I have to ask Edith what she would think of having her on Upside Down Tulips. Oh no, the chickens got scared out of their coops. This is not good. If I don't make it out alive, tell my handsome and handy husband I love him and tell Edith to use more puns. People love puns. Excuse me. Pardon me. Oh, dear. Oh, my gourd. Oh, my gourd. Antelope <laughs> Tuomi. Isn't she something? I can't wait to see hear the new one coming up. Me too. So, Edith, tell yes. me. Yes. What is the difference between plant food, feeding, mm -hmm. and fertilizer? Nicely put, Christy. Christy, do you remember when you had an inspiration about 
plants being the only things that eat sunlight and poop out air. Yes. <laughs> that is all you can call plant food. Fertilizer is when you add something. Sort of like um, we eat food, uh huh, but we also take multivitamins sometimes. Yes, yes, it's kind of like that. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, don't you poop out air? <laughs> when I guess I'm, people do. <laughs> when I'm reading in the bathroom, I do. Well, um, as long as your soil is rich in organic matter, uh -huh. so I just think of them as we're talking about giving your plants a little multivitamin. Plants often need an application of a fertilizer to get the, the extra nutrients that they need. A little something extra. And why And why do they need that? Partly is because so much of our soil in, in the world is so degraded. It's if, if you move into a house that was just built, your soil is degraded. Unless you have some land that has been owned and farmed by an organic farmer or gardener, your soil is most likely going to be degraded and it won't be nutrient dense, which means it won't have the bugs and your food will not be as full of nutrients as it should have been. So that's when we fertilize. And folks, if you want to know more about how to have great soil, check out episode 29. That was a good one, Christy. Which is we have all the dirt on soil. The dirt on soil. We Find do. out mm -hmm. the difference between dirt and soil. There's a difference there. Taught me. So a fertilizer can either be organic or synthetic. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about the pros and cons of that a little bit later. But if you've grown and harvested plants in your garden before, the crops and the plants took up nutrients from the soil. And those nutrients need to be replaced in the spring before more plants are grown there. Yeah. Yeah. And if you are a brand new gardener, the best thing to do is get a soil test. Mm -hmm. So you know exactly what you're putting in your garden. And I confess, I didn't, I've been gardening for 20 years, Edith, and I just did a soil test for the first time in my life this year. Me too, Christy. Me too. I've never done one before, ever. You can get a cheap one at your local nursery. Or you can do a homemade one that, that we talked about. And I think it's on our website as well. That will tell you how much clay, mm -hmm. how much loam, Sand. tell you if mm -hmm. you're acidic or if you are more alkaline. Yeah. And if you want to know how much nitrogen, potassium, or phosphate you need, you can just go to a, get a little kit or you can go to your local extension office. Mm -hmm. And a great time to do that is in the fall because then you have lots of time to get the results back yeah. to find out what you're going to do. And um, I don't know about you, Edith, but I've been one of these people that has been in the the nursery and then bought some fertilizer and you see those numbers on it and not really knowing at all what those numbers mean. Right. Yeah. No, me too. Me too. So those numbers on the bag uh -huh. are NPK. You mean the letters? <laughs> yes. And N means? Nitrogen. And P and means? Phosphorus. Good. And K means? Cool. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Kmart. Kmart. <laughs> Yeah, for some reason, the K stands for potassium, Yeah, also known as potash, which we've mm -hmm. talked about before, which is an important element that people used to get by getting wood ashes. So that's why the term potash came about. Yeah. Um, other ways that you can get uh, potassium, of course, is from bananas. It's also manure is a great source of that for yeah. some reason. I don't know why. Uh, and when you buy a bag of fertilizer... Uh, make sure that you read the labels carefully. 
and follow the directions no matter what crazy things you're going to hear coming out of our mouths. Mm-hmm. And if you are gardening and you, everything is growing great, maybe your soil is wonderful and maybe you don't really have to, um, you know, buy fertilizer. It's a really good point. That's yeah. why a soil test is so important. Yeah. Because I found out I my vegetable garden is incredibly low on potassium. Really? Yeah. Wow. I had no idea. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. I had good... And also, in our neck of the woods, in Colorado, where we are, we usually are very low on nitrogen. And and you grow good things. I mean, the only problem you had last year was a fungus, right? On your tomatoes. Right. Well, I use fertilizer, though, so... I added I added certain elements into it. So um, so uh, I think before we jump into like talking about vegetables, the important thing is to tell people you should apply fertilizer with caution. The only thing worse than starving a plant of its nutrients is to accidentally over-fertilize it. Because plants will only use the nutrients that they need. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. sort of like you shouldn't take too much vitamin C. Yeah, and then it'll lay around. Except, you know, plants can't pee it out. So exactly. it just lays around in the soil. They may poop out air. They do poop out air. But they can't pee out, out extra no, fertilizer. Not. Like, for example, I um, when, when I fertilize, and I'm talking about like the compost and stuff like uh-huh. that, I do it uh, in the fall after, right before I put the garden to bed. It's like the last thing I do. Then it can soak in all winter. Soaks in all winter. Nice and, and slow. And, and, and feeds the, the bugs and stuff down there. Um, then in... Before I plant, like maybe a month before I plant, as soon as I can dig, March like, and then about July, if it looks if it looks puny, mm-hmm. I just give it a little boost because it's getting stressed with heat and whatnot. I totally agree. You shouldn't forget about your plants in July. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what else do you do for your vegetable garden? Let's talk about let's, let's focus in on veggies a little bit more. Okay, Edith. What else besides compost do you do for your vegetable garden? Uh, I do wor- worm castings. Mm. That's a really big one. I do um, poop tea, which is, you know, I got that big pile of horse manure. And um, you just take a little, and it's, you know, it's not like it's wet, you guys. It's just all dried. It's it's kind of interesting looking. And you put it in a bucket. Uh, the plants absolutely love that. They love that. How do so you make I it? Do that. I have one of those cat litter buckets, you know, with, mm-hmm. the, with the top. So I fill that up with water, and I put some of the aforementioned horse poop in it, let it sit for two or three days, and then I, uh, you, you dilute it like one to four, and, mm. and pour it on the side of your, your vegetables. When I do tomatoes, um, I will often use a different fertilizer uh-huh. for tomatoes uh-huh. because I like to give my tomatoes more calcium. The more calcium you have in there, the more it can prevent blossom and rot. Oh, that's right. And that's much quicker than, you know, putting eggshells and stuff on it. Oh, that's very good, Christy. Oh, that's good. That's really good. Mm -hmm. And there are, I think it's also kind of a good idea to keep an eye on your vegetable garden to see what's really having a lot of growth happening. Because vegetables grow at different rates. Yeah, yeah. And so when the lettuce is really, before the lettuce really gets going, you want to make sure you have your fertilizer out there. But don't forget that later on, um, corn and squash will need a little extra fertilizer. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One, once a plant starts setting its fruit, you got to really pay attention uh, to watering it. And that is a really good time to fertilize because they need those nutrients to create a decent amount of fruit. 
I read that you should never fertilize strawberries until after they bear fruit, which okay. I've been doing it all wrong. Hmm. I've been always doing it in the spring. <laughs> your your strawberries are wonderful, though. They really are. Mm. Like, there's no hard and... Sometimes there's just no hard and fast rule. Sometimes yeah. it if it works, it works, you know? Um, I also read that later in the season, you should keep an eye on cabbage, cauliflower, and broccoli because they will benefit from a little bit more fertilizer. Okay. Anything else regarding veggies? Um, well, you can also, you know, you can also make uh, dandelion fertilizer come free. You can, you can use plants and soak them and you can use that as a fertilizer as well. And it's totally natural. There's no chemicals involved. Um, and I, I have done that. Oh, that's the, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. With dandelion. Comfrey, which I don't know if that really grows here very often. It's an herb, right? Yes. That is supposed to be the best. Did you know that it means um, bone set? Because it used to be used to heal broken bones. Oh my goodness. Isn't that cool? Yeah, and it, it means, makes you it feel means, and it makes you feel comfrey. And it makes you feel comfrey <laughs> because your bones are knitting together. So um it has this really deep tap root, so it pulls up nutrients other plants oh. can't get. And uh, the only problem with it is don't eat it or drink it because it is highly toxic. <laughs> <laughs> so don't put it in your salad. Don't make comfrey tea. In fact, products made with it are illegal in Canada. It really is highly wow. toxic. More toxic than rhubarb? Maybe. Wow. I mean, nobody's banned rhubarb as far That's as true. I know. Um, I read that these are vegetables that should not have added nitrogen, so that you should not, you should be careful of fertilizing these vegetables. Sweet potatoes, watermelons, uh-huh. carrots, beets, turnips, parsnips, and lettuce. That's a lot of them. I grow almost all of those things. Wow. Do you fertilize those things? Um, just with the horse poop stuff. Okay. Well, don't fertilize your 100 heads of lettuce, Edith. Oh, they don't need it. I'm, I'm punishing <laughs> them. They are out of control. Out of control. Hey, should we listen to another Antelope Tuomi pod play? Yes, let's do. Let's do it. Seed, got it. Chicken manure, got it. I'm so glad I found out how good chicken poop is for the garden. Now, if I can just leave before the poetry reading begins. All right, everybody. The poetry reading is about to begin. Take your seats. Oh, no. I really don't have time for this. I gotta get home and weed the garden and feed the birds. Maybe if I kind of hide behind this big bag as I sneak out. Excuse me. You... Behind the sack of moving chicken manure. Take your seat, please. I would love to, but I have things to do. It's mandatory. Mandatory? Yes. The sign on the store says it's Antelope's Feed and Poetry, is it not? Yes, that's the name of the store, but You have bought bird seed and chicken poop. Now you must listen to poetry. Okay. Hello, I am Antelope Tuome, resident poet and poet laureate of Wyoming. This poem was written by Chad, whom I immortalize in my poem, Delia and Chad, Romance at the Feed Store, Love 
has made Chad a simple farmer into a poet and lover of fleurs. His poem is entitled, Forsooth, Oh, Forsythia. This does not sound promising. Forsooth, oh, Forsythia, Forsythia, Forsooth, so gold and so gay once, now long in the tooth. So bright and so yellow in March's dull gray, now April's acumen, you're fading away. Still trying, but tattered, like smiling through grief. I'll miss your glad blossoms when green grows your leaf. Still trying, but tattered, like my soul I fear. Forsooth, oh, Forsythia, please come back next year. Thank you. Chad and I, thank you. Oh my gourd, I'm crying. Still trying, but tattered like my soul, I fear. That was really beautiful, so moving. I wonder if there's a second show. Encore! In real life, sack of chicken poop-toting woman, there are very few encores. Today there shall be none. The store is closing. Go home, gardeners, poetry lovers, and those who snuck in because they needed to use the restroom. Go home, and always be lovely. Always be lovely. I'll try, Antelope. I'm going home, and I will grow things and untatter my soul. Ooh, untatter my soul. That's very good, isn't it? I'm a poet and a gardener, and I have to pee. Oh, dear, I better get home ASAP. Next time. She gets an encore. You know, Edith, yes. I think the favorite line of mine that you have ever written is sack of chicken poop toting woman. <laughs> <laughs> so great. So wonderful. <laughs> it's such a good visual, isn't it? I look at you and you're sitting over there and you're so pretty and I'm imagining you toting a sack of chicken poop. I love it. I love it too. Also, friends, we found out from our very intelligent engineer. Mm-hmm. During the break, while Antelope Twomey was saying that beautiful poem about Forsythia, that the symbol for potassium, which we didn't know what it meant for, actually stands for calium, which is the medieval Latin word for potash. Nice. Nice. Okay, good. Everybody's, I was on the edge of my seat. Everybody's this nodding. This whole time. We can go forward. And talk about fertilizing flowers. Flowers. That's kind of your bag. I'm just going to let you take that. Always good to begin in the spring. Of course, wait until the ground is no longer frozen. You know, check when your last frost date is. And if you don't know when your last frost date is, we'll put that in the show notes below. And maybe a week or two away from that is a good time to start fertilizing your garden. So that there's less of a chance for tender new growth to be burned by any new fertilizer when it comes mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. um, so while a spring application is a general good rule, plants really know what they need. So while most flowers will be okay with a spring application, listen and look at your plants. The one exception are roses. Roses need regular and proper fertilization because they are heavy feeders and they need NPK Plus, they like iron, calcium, and magnesium. 
There's a whole side shoot you could go on to about the controversy about Epsom salts, but a lot of people swear by using Epsom salts with roses. Mm. Now, what about houseplants? Well, um, yeah, you know, once their soil gets depleted, when they're in the same pot, right? Well, you can give them a little something. And that's true actually for all container plants, isn't it? Yeah. So if you have container plants outside, they're really dependent upon you to give them the nutrients that they need. So you will need to give to fertilize house plants and also container plants a lot more than you would the plants that are out in your yard. And it also depends on how old the soil is. Like if you just bought a wonderful potting soil, you know, do you think it's going to maybe last for a season or not? And when you buy potting soil now, usually they include a lot of nutrients so in much. it. So make, yeah, don't over-fertilize. And, that's but, important. And, and after a couple months, that stuff is gone, though. Yeah. So then you will need to fertilize with it. Um, I usually start fertilizing my house plants around March mm-hmm. or about eight weeks before the last frost. Mm-hmm. And then I stop fertilizing them around August, about eight weeks before the first because frost. Because they like to go to a little bit dormant, right? Yeah. They like to kind of sleep. And then I water... I fertilize with every time I water, I like to uh, weekly, weekly fertilize. Because you're such a good point. It's a danger to Mm over-fertilize. If you see your Mm -hmm. leaves turning brown, that's a bad sign of over-fertilizing. It's wilty looking. The leaf margins could be dry or burned looking. All of that could be your over-fertilizing. You know what else doesn't like to be fertilized, Edith? People. (laughs) Um, it's herbs. They don't need much. Oh. If you give herbs too much fertilizing, you'll get excess leaf growth and then less concentrated flavor on the leaves that you want to harvest. Oh, that's interesting, Christy. That's very good information. And what about trees and shrubs? Do you ever fertilize trees and shrubs? I don't go out of my way to do that. I don't either. <laughs> you, you know, what? You know, uh, and I'm talking my, mainly my fruit trees mm-hmm. because nature has a way that when the, tree, when the tree is full of fruit, some of it will fall to the ground, and that is actual fertilizer. Oh, such a good point. That's how nature has intended it. It's good to keep an eye on it. I know some people highly recommend it. I haven't, I never have fertilized trees or shrubs before. Me neither, Christy, me neither. But I, we can tell folks this is that they do like a complete fertilizer, and the numbers I have seen have been like 16, 4, 8. So a little higher on the nitrogen level mm. for trees and shrubs. Okay. Although we don't do it. <laughs> we don't do it. <laughs> we don't do it. Like we got enough to do in the garden. <sighs> okay. Now. Yes. Uh, fertilizer can either be organic or it can be synthetic. Mm-hmm. And when it's organic, it's made out of things that are natural. And this could be something that you make or that you find that you get from the kitchen. Or it could mm-hmm. even be organic fertilizer that you buy at a nursery that is made out of organic materials. Or it can be a synthetic, which is manufactured from natural ingredients like phosphate rock or sodium chloride or potassium chloride, and they have been refined to be more concentrated, which means that they, on the plus side, a synthetic fertilizer will have a lot of quick release, um, or they can be coated for a slow release um, the, but there are some downsides to a synthetic or processed fertilizer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, there's a lot actually in, in my, in my way of thinking, there's a lot of downsides to it. So, uh, 
For example, can we talk about Miracle Grow, which is yeah. the ones that every gardener mm-hmm. yeah. uses? Miracle Grow is a synthetic fertilizer. They will cause for flowers, for example, they will make the flowers look absolutely gorgeous and bushy and beautiful. The problem is that Miracle Grow, the nitrogen is derived from synthetic ammonium and water soluble nitrates. They produce off chemicals that are harmful to soil microbes, worms, and all other forms of life in the soil. So basically, you're hurting your soil when you use miracle Grow, and every year you will damage it a little bit more. And healthy soil has a lot of microbes in it. Healthy soil is alive. You do not want to kill it. It is the microorganisms, these microbes, that create the nutrients for plant growth and health. Listen to this. A teaspoon of organic soil contains 4 billion microorganisms, that help plants resist disease while they add nutrients to the soil. And we talked about that in episode mm-hmm. 29 about soil, mm-hmm. about how many micronutrients are in soil. Yeah, so often you will notice, like um, I, I know a, a, a guy, a first-time gardener, who used so much miracle Grow that he had the biggest tomatoes I've ever seen that were perfectly tasteless. Oh. You know? Because oh. that, mm-hmm. that's what'll happen, yeah. you know? The other interesting aspect about synthetic fertilizers is that if because they will have a quick release to the plants, the plant can only take up so much. And what happens to all the rest of it? All the rest of it, because it's usually water-soluble, mm-hmm. goes to the water table. Right. And that's bad. That's just bad. And if, if you can make, I mean, if you can make your own fertilizer... Really, I can encourage you to that. That's the way to go. Yeah. You can make compost tea. And I'll say this is that um, I, I I use miracle Grow, mm-hmm. And I'm going to reconsider using miracle Grow. I use it for my houseplants because I know, well, that's not going into the... Good point, that's, that's not going into the water table. Mm-hmm. That's, that's feeding the plants. But I may even reconsider doing that. Mm-hmm. I've never used miracle Grow in the vegetable garden. But I have used it on my on my flowers before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in the vegetable garden, I use or, uh, organic fertilizer. I don't make it; I buy it. The brands that I've used have been like Doctor Earth and Fertilome. Uh-huh. So you can buy organic fertilizer. Just about mm-hmm. reading your labels, right? Yes, exactly. And you can also make your own fertilizer from yeah. things around your house. Yeah, around your house and around your garden. Mm-hmm. Just feed it back in. That's all. I mean, compost tea, you take some mature compost, you put it in a bucket, put water on it, let it sit for a while. And that's going to be a fertilizer. That sounds like the recipe for your horse poo fertilizer. It is all the same. (laughs) (laughs) It's so simple. Plus, you can, I mean, there's all kinds of things that you can put in there. Compost contains all of the essential 13 nutrients needed for plant growth, in addition to oxygen and water. You know, maybe we should be telling people also to listen to our episode on compost, which is episode 11, Compost Happens, How to Support the Garden's BF. Hey, we did that early because we knew how important that was. They are BFFs indeed. Christy, tell us about liquid fertilizers. A lot of fertilizer is liquid. You can buy it. Some fertilizer you make, you add water to it or compost tea or horse poop tea, it's important not to apply liquid fertilizer at the same time that you plant. 
because no matter how carefully you remove the plants from their containers and place them on the ground, some of the little roots can break. The fertilizer reaches the roots immediately mm -hmm. and enters at the broken point and can burn the roots of the plant. Yep. So just remember before you plant, long before you plant, at when you put it to bed and in July. That's kind of a rule. It, this is also the exception to the rule where we always say water the toes and never the nose. Uh -huh. But here when you're fertilizing, you can spray the whole plant because it could take in the fertilizer through the leaves. If it's the ground is really, really dry, water it first. Otherwise, it's just going to all roll off. Right, right. And as in general, when you water, it's good to make sure you water early in the morning or in the early evening when the leaves have time to absorb the material and avoid extremely hot days. Yeah. Good one, Christy. I feel fertilized. <laughs> Everybody needs a little fertilizing. Everybody. Hey, Edith. Yeah, yes, Christy. Guess what time it is. What is it? It's mailbag time. Ring, ring. Do you have your reading glasses on? I do. <laughs> They're on my head. I mean, my face. Um, <laughs> so this letter this week is from our friend Lindsay from Denver. And she says, and I'm not making this up, hello, gardening goddesses. Hello. There you go. <laughs> Lots of things have come up after my first attempt at winter sowing, I'm happy to say. Although I wouldn't say they've all exactly taken off. The beans are happy, my petunias are growing slowly, but between a west-facing balcony and temps that are already climbing into the 90s, it's not all thriving. My radishes in particular are having a rough go of it. They started coming up pretty well this spring, but a couple of weeks ago, I noticed some yellow leaves, which have gotten worse, and now it looks like they're being attacked by aphids and some tiny little worms, maybe tiny cutworms. There are also some microscopic black dots on some of the leaves, which look like dot, 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 something. The pests are a new addition to the problem. A quick search of the web suggests the problem could be exactly any and everything in existence. Happy face. Too much or not enough water, not enough sunlight or nutrients. We only get about four hours of afternoon sunlight and then dappled for a few more hours. Are the beasties attacking because the plants aren't doing well or the other way around? There are no black or slimy stems, so I don't think they're rotting. I'm going to spray some neem oil on them, but they might be a lost cause already. Any thoughts? Picks attached. Thanks in advance. Y'all are the best. Lindsay. You know, this reminds me of when you have like a little sore or a little pain uh -huh. and you, you go on the internet and you start looking, putting your symptoms down yes. <laughs> and, it, and it's like brain tumor. <laughs> you have three days to live. <laughs> Oh, Lindsay. Oh, dear. what do we do about those radishes, Edith? Don't look at me. I, I'm a total <laughs> flop with my radishes this year. I'm so disappointed. Well, you know, from that picture that she sent to us of these yellowing leaves, yeah. I mean, th these leaves look almost white. Yeah, this isn't yellowing. Or maybe this it's is my printer. Very yellowed. Yeah, and there are definitely aphids on there. Yeah, they're not. This is not good. Yeah. I, you know, I think it's smart that she put neem oil on. That's what I mm -hmm. would do. Mm -hmm. And the second thing I would do is replant. <laughs> yeah. Even though it's hard, radishes when it's in the 90s. Oh, my gosh. Uh, that's almost impossible. She could put a lawn chair over it. Seriously, the lawn chair can help it. It can help it a little, but it's going to be 100 degrees on Wednesday. Oh, my goodness. I just don't want to... I just don't want to discourage her. Why right. not wait until the fall to do radishes right. because they're a cool weather crop? Or even like early August. Or even early August. Yeah. 
I think so. And good for they'll you. germinate quick. Good for you for, for writing us and going on Google and knowing things like tiny little cutworms. Good for you, Lindsay. Well, Lindsay, we're so glad that you we wrote in. We're sorry about your radishes. We hope everything turns out in your second planting. And, folks, if you're out there, you can send us your gardening stories, your successes, your flops, your gardening questions. We love hearing from you, even though we're not experts and cannot answer every single thing. <laughs> Write to us at UpsideDownTulips at Gmail or at our website at UpsideDownTulips.com. Or check out the show notes. The music is playing. That means it's time for inspiration. This week's inspiration comes from Nigel Slater. Pamper a tomato, overfeed it, overwater it, and you'll get a Paris Hilton of a tomato. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great, Christy. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening today. We are Edith Weiss and Christy Montour-Larson. Did you get some laughs and value out of us today, this episode? If you did, could you do us a favor? Please share the show on social with a friend who might also appreciate it. Thank you so much to Denise Gentilini for composing and performing the Upside Down Tulips theme song. If you want to hear more of Denise's music, just go to denisegentilini.com or you can find that link at UpsideDownTulips.com. And a hearty thank you to our talented and kind friend, Chad Henry, for his beautiful poem on Forsythias. And a special thanks to our local nursery and friend of the show, Southwest Gardens. Thank you. Join us next week for the top 10 things you got to know about gardening that we forgot to tell you. What? (laughs) Yeah, that's good. You got it. (laughs) Close enough. She's shaking her head. No. (laughs) Now, don't forget, if you make a mistake, your garden will forgive you. Yeah. Upside down. We just changed the title to The Top 10 Things We Forgot to Tell You. I didn't write that down, though.